This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're showing up as... No, you're sh- Previously on Homestale Radio. Yeah, yeah, not as in theory as um, South End, because uh, I was over that way the other day. We were driving past the ground, and the E's falling off the sign. My seven-year-old daughter was wondering why we, we were going past a team called South End Unit D. <laughs> <laughs> For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Oh. <laughs> Hello, good evening, and welcome. Uh, to a very happy Homestar Radio. When I wrote that, I was so happy. We've had such a bad pre-show that uh, <laughs> it's not quite true anymore. My name is Chris Ambling, and I'm your host tonight as we celebrate a first league win of the season away at Everton. Joining me tonight to help me do so are Tony Piers, possibly at some stage. Hello. Oh, he's there. Hi, Tony. Oh, <laughs> that is unbelievable. Unbelievable timing. Joe Holyoke. Hello, Joe. Hello. Hello. And the Alex White. That's right. The one of the Palace TV auditions. That one. That guy. That is me. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, We'll go straight into the detailed analysis a little bit later on. Well, uh, after another amazing trip to Goodison Park, mirroring the 3-2 victory of last season. Goals from Mila Jednak, Fraser Campbell, Yannick Yannick Velassi cancelled out a Lukaku opener before a Baines penalty led to the traditional Palace nail-biting finish. We'll talk in detail about the poor start, the confidence factor, the tactics, the performances, and anything else you fancy. After all, you have a say in what we cover. So contact us today. You can tweet at HOL Radio. Message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. And email us using our contact format, holradio.net forward slash contact. Uh, we'll get on with it in a moment, but first up, it's our regular visit to News in Brief. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Gary Izzard's development side clinched their third straight win by beating Bristol City 2-0 at Ashton Gate to move into second position in the Professional Development League 2 table. First off strikes from trialist Fizz Adarebio and Jake Gray gave Palace a lead which they comfortably held to make the long trip home with another fine victory. Eagles boss Neil Warnock has made his first backroom appointment since taking the Palace hot seat, bringing in former Gillingham manager Ronnie Jepson as technical coach. Jepson is no stranger to Selhurst Park, having managed the club's reserve side during Warnock's previous stint with the Eagles. 
Neil Warnock has revealed that former Sheffield United, Leeds and Berry boss Kevin Blackwell will be assisting him on a match day. Blackwell, also former assistant at Warnock, was in place for today's win at Everton. Warnock has hinted that he is still looking to add to the backroom staff in the future. News in Brave. Get in touch with the show. All of our contact details can be found at holradio.net forward slash contact. Right, okay. Um, well, a few bits of admin before we get into the uh, the Everton review. Um, the first one really, we sort of mentioned it in passing in the intro. And um, it's, it's you, Alex. You have um, decided to let's say, whore yourself out to the actual club. Um, you want to be the face of Palace TV. Um, you know, whilst we like to annoy Alex in as many ways as possible, we've had a, we've had a look at everyone, and there's some, there's some good entries there. Um, but the most popular entry just seems to be an attractive lady uh, who supports Chelsea. And whilst I'm sure she's a very nice person, um, I'm sure that that's not really what we would want, really, um, to win. We've been tweeting about it in a slightly less diplomatic way um shall we say but yeah she doesn't support palace um and alex does you will hear him every week so it'd be great if you could um if you visit holradio.net forward slash alex uh, it'll take you to his youtube video hit the like button there and and hopefully we can get get him a richly deserved place fronting the the tv coverage in, for palace you you know you excited by that prospect alex yeah, extremely. I, you know, if, if you if you watch the video, you see me say that I've I've droned on for long enough on on the radio. So now it's a chance for them to see my my wonderful face. I might not have the most attractive jugs, but I I do have a <laughs> rack and and a pair of which aren't perhaps as nice, but are are nicely defined. That's a different answer to the one I was expecting, but well done anyway. Thank you. A um, couple of other little bits about. We'll move on. We'll come back to that and see how you're getting on. Uh, do you know when it's announced? I don't. The, the the process is, because it's a football club, um, they've been very quiet on that front. So it's set to be announced on the Leicester game, which they, they cut to three during this week at some point, and then the announcement's made on the 27th. So it's a waiting game, unfortunately, but such is life. Well, I've noticed plenty of our, our listeners who have been voting for you, and even people who don't listen have been voting for you as well. So it's nice to have that support. But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on how things are going and, and obviously do our bit for you, mate. So, uh, yeah, nice one. Thank you very much. Mm. Uh, also, if you're, um, we had a little bit of early access using to, to FIFA 15, which we streamed earlier on in the week. If you are a FIFA 15 player uh, on the Xbox One for the time being, um, if anybody wants to join our, we're creating, we've, well, we've created a club already. It's an HOLradio.net. I've gone mental. A whole radio um, club. So if you go to hlradio.net forward slash contact, send us an email saying you're interested in joining that club. Uh, if you play FIFA, you know what we mean. Uh, we'll reply and send you a request. Oh, we're getting there. A um, couple more things. If well, We said we had some good news last week, but it hasn't actually been confirmed yet. Um, we really wanted to give you that good news this week. And all we're going to say for now is that um, it involves a studio. There you go. That's pretty much giving it away completely. But, yeah, uh, we're hoping to, uh, to move premises, should we say. Um, and a quick shout out to Vanessa Reed, who is doing the 13 mile shine night walk to raise money for Cancer Research UK. If you can give us support, it'd be much appreciated. Uh, if you go to justgiving.com forward slash Vanessa Reed, and Reed is spelt R E A D. If you can go there and give her any support, it'd be great. And um, yeah, best of luck, Vanessa, with that. Ooh, there you go, admin. Got that all out, out of the way. Um, 
it's a bit of a weird one because we don't usually do a match review on the day of the match. Uh, usually we'll put it to the next day. It just seemed a stupid thing not to not to do it um, since all of us were able to, uh, to 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 take in the game from the comfort of our own homes uh, today. So um, so there we are. Let's, let's talk about the starting lineup as we always do. Um, the the changes were Kelly came back into the squad. He replaced Mariapa uh, at right back. And uh, Balassi came in for, for Wilf Zaha, who had a place on the bench. And uh, Fraser Campbell uh, played up front ahead of, um, ended up being ahead of sort of both MacArthur and Ledley uh, as, as the lone striker. Uh, and pre-game, I'll be honest, I thought Doyle, Gale and Zaha on the bench looked the bigger threat than those who started. What did you think, Alex? Yeah, I think most people were frustrated to see to see Fraser get the nod ahead of Dwight. Um Dwight obviously been in, in very good form, and and not to get the start I think I think was disappointing because it's not as if it was a it was a change to to change tactically um, in a way that we played a big big striker up front there they're pretty much like for like and to see based on form this season uh, Fraser get get the nod I think was disappointing again Wilf I know limped off against Burnley and um, and and hasn't got much. Uh, match fitness as, as such from from pre-season and, and playing games so I think that's maybe why why Yannick got the nod but coming on you know we gave ourselves a threat and, and I think it's a nice headache for for any manager to have to try and pick that that starting 11. Yeah um, Joe you, you, had a, you had a view on on Gale it was you were quite surprised to see him dropped. Well yeah I mean he didn't do a lot a lot wrong last time out um, I, I don't know I mean I you, I don't know whether it was a direct quote from Warnock to say that he was going to give him a run of games. Um, but I mean, we can't, you can't be rucking now, can you, after after what's happened today? So, um, yeah, no, I, I, that's just a personal opinion. I know a lot of people share it as well, but yeah. I, I really do hope he does get the chance. But, I mean, a lot, a lot, of, uh, a lot of players stepped up today. So, yeah, they, they've done well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, it, it was a strange one because I mean, this is one of those games where I've actually been able to write my, you know, my show notes th- while watching the game. So they really do they take on a quite um, obviously quite quite for obvious reasons they take on a very negative sort of point um, points at the start and it then sort of move through the general elation of what actually happened. Um, I, I felt also. I mean, I know Tony's mentioned this. We can't. Unfortunately, Tony is currently uh, not connected to this call, but he's mentioned that um, he was a little bit worried when he saw the lineup at first and thought. Um, but it, it, it said his confidence was kind of restored by the fact that Dan and Delaney were picked together. Um, they had a really good game last time out against Burnley, so he's right to pick them out. Um, and I, I think Kelly coming back in for Mariapa, and Mariapa's not done an awful lot wrong. As a, I don't, I don't think as in any game that I've seen him play, but Kelly just seems to have that little bit more class for me and obviously a bit more height as well. I think that really did help today. Uh, I, was, I was sort of quite impressed with him as well. Um, so, I mean, Alex, one last thing on, on those midfield three you mentioned. Uh, who? I mean, usually we were expecting someone to play in the Shamak role, weren't we? And it didn't quite work out like that. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I always, as soon as Shamak wasn't fit, I always knew that that he would put those three in together, provided that that Ledley was fit. I, I presumed that that one would play higher than the other, that being Ledley. Um, but they they seem to be very level, and and Melee in perhaps even a deeper role than than what he's usually found in. I I think. I think the thing that frustrated me in the first half an hour is that we're so used to not being on the ball, but we're used to being off the ball, but with with a certain structure. 
and today we were off the ball without without any sort of structure for the first half an hour and it just sort of seemed that the people were all over the place and this stand and and Leighton Baines was standing you know three quarters into our half and mm-hmm. although although under Pulis you know I, I even felt safe if a player was doing that I just felt so nervy um, but that penalty really shored us up and I think yeah. structure wise you know we, we did really pick up from that point and it's not an easy place to go but I, I was really reassured after after that sort of first half hour. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right, and we'll focus a little bit on that first half hour. Now, it was it, you're right; it was incredibly concerning. Not only did we concede possession, we conceded a very very easy goal to Lukaku, which we'll talk about in a sec. But the general feeling in, in that opening, I I was just it's as worried as I've been for a long long time, and it's weird the way it finished. Um, a lot of people on on Twitter, where I was following a lot of the opinions during the course of the game, were talking about tactics. We're not going to; it's not going to work if we play it long ball. It's not gonna, talking about oh, Warnock's got us way too deep and all that sort of stuff. And, and I'll talk about that again in a sec. But it, generally speaking, the point I wanted to make was it just showed you it was a men- it was a mental thing early on. I think sometimes when you're set up to say let's keep it tight for the opening, you know, the opening period of the game. Sometimes if you set up with that kind of mentality. Um, you end up making a rod for your own back, and I think that's what happened. Uh, Joe, you wanted to make a, a point on on Kelly. No, I just I just feel more uh, confident in us at the back with 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 him. He just seems to have um, like a uh, I don't know about a big game mentality, but it was the right game to bring him back into being coming from Liverpool against Everton. But I, I just think he, we look we look uh, more comfortable with him sitting at right back by you know by a country mile. Um, I, I just like I say, just a, just a, a confidence thing from my point of view. That's all. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. No, it was. That's that was the whole game. The whole game summed, summed it up in terms of confidence. I think. But there were things that we were doing wrong tactically as well. But I did notice um, at one stage Neil Warnock was shouting in from the sideline saying, "You're too deep. You're too deep," and it just shows you that sometimes the players' natural reactions are the things that you know that actually affect the game quite I mean I've spoken to players before about this and uh, about us dropping deep I think it was um I think it was Johnny Williams actually said it under under Friedman was saying that people someone asked him why do, why do you you know why does the, the midfield play so deep all the time and he said actually we're not we're not asked to do that it's just what's been happening because of the way the games have been going and and I do think that there's a there's a case in point there really um okay uh the first goal we had early warnings, didn't we? I think Atsu got in on the right hand side and hit the, the, the side netting, and that it was, you know, it was it was a dangerous few minutes, opening ten minutes really, and I, it was eight, the eighth minute that Lukaku just he just walked through, didn't he? It's just way way too easy, uh, you know. Good finish, fair play, and, and Spironi couldn't get there, but it was just it it was the kind of icing on the cake of I nearly said a swear word, but you know it was it was a let's call it a bad cake, the icing on a bad cake. Um, of the first, the opening period, we were we were awful, pretty much awful, and then that goal just epitomised it. They looked two divisions above us. And, um, what do you think, Joe? Well, yeah, but they are, <laughs> you know, the, the player for player, you know, they really should be this absolutely team packed full of internationals that smashed a, a, a half decent German side in the week. Um, you know, their their confidence is on and up. Um, and, and I just thought that the, the more they att- the more they attacked us, the, the, the deeper we got. And, and it, I didn't think we were, I didn't think we were gonna. They just forced us back and back and back. And like you say, Warnock was trying to tell him to get forward, but I just, 
it didn't. It was just so so obviously one way traffic. I don't I think the, the mentality of the players was just to defend and and not get out at all. Just trying to stop them coming forward, um, which is never really going to you know by just trying to soak up pressure. It's never really going to happen if you're just going to soak it up and then hoof it out. I mean, you know, um, the best form of of defence really is attack, uh, and we'll talk yeah. about that after. We we will. Um, would you say that? Well. That opening period, Alex, we're, we're, obviously we're talking about that first goal and, and Gerald moved, sort of moved it on a little bit. But, I mean, just sum it up for me, really. I haven't seen us concede a goal like that in such a long time. It's not the fact that we conceded a goal. It's the, the thing that really frustrated me is, and I know this, the whole appointment with Warnock is to sort of come in and, and almost mirror the job that Tony Pulis did. Obviously, you know, each man is his own and, and they do things differently but to concede a goal like that that for me was, was so strange he almost just walked through the, our, our, central, our central path which for so long since Pulis came in maybe a year ago now we're just under is just we don't, we don't tend to concede goals like that where we're just split open in our, in our most in our strongest in our most ner- you know that that part of the field for us with Jedinak, Dan, Delaney was an absolute solid rock last season, and nobody, whoever you were, couldn't have broken through that last season. And, and that, and we proved that with the teams we played against and the results we got. And he walked through there like there was nobody there. I think Jedinak got nutsed in the process, and yeah. MacArthur was in no man's land, and it just looked very, very unorganised. And as a as a Palace fan, to see that Freeman, we were so organised. Holloway, we weren't. But then back under Pulis, we were so organised, and to see that is so, is so shaky and scary for us, and that almost reflected on the players, and they sort of all looked at each other and thought, God, what on, you know, what on earth do we do? But we reassured ourselves, we got lucky with the, with the penalty, which I'm sure we'll come on to, but we, we did pick things up. You know, I don't want to sit here and, and go against what was a very positive performance in reality, but that first half an hour, if we play like that, we'll get punished against teams. Even teams in and around us will get absolutely punished, and we were lucky it was only one, to be honest. Yeah. Well, we're lucky it was only one, because it was only once. They only did it once, Al. They didn't though. They they well, opened us up time Atsu before that time and time again they opened us up. Yeah, but that, be- one, that one clear that one clear chance where no one was with him at all. They had chances, yeah, but that was only because they were well worked chances. I think I think Jules uh, made a couple of good couple of saves as well. Um, I, I know you know this is one of those things, isn't it? You don't obviously no one scores every chance, not really. Um, we do. Three on target, yeah. three goals. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Um, <laughs> But you know what I mean? It's, it's, we do ride our luck at sometimes, and we did last season at times as well. There were games that if you go back last season and you look at the, what we're talking about, this solid defence, actually a couple of games we did get carved apart like, apart like that and got away with it. Um, so sometimes luck does come into it, I think. But I just I know what you're saying, Joe. Yeah, OK, they, they got in like that completely clear once, but they were a little, also a little bit wasteful. Um, there, there were moments where some absolutely heroic defending at various times by the likes of, of Kelly and Dan, particularly Scott Dan today, a lot of time, you know, a couple of clearances off the line. And, you know, there were, there were moments today where, you know, a week we were lucky not to get very much put to the sword, I felt, but, um, I mean, we get, you know, we're starting to, um, we're starting to get a bit negative and that's because it was an incredibly negative opening to the game and we all felt that and we just didn't heed, heed warnings. I, I thought we started to improve on the 20 minute mark, um, we were 1-0 down but we just got a hold of the ball. It wasn't an immediate big improvement, it was more, it was more a gradual process of, of the, the players 
suddenly just getting a little bit of belief and starting to you know realize I didn't have to to hit the channel straight away with every every ball and you know that was the moment where Warnock was heard. You know, stop, stop getting too tenor players to stop getting too deep, and you know, that did sort of suggest that it wasn't the plan, and it was a result of Everton's pressure. So, tactics obviously do play a part. I think that's what we're trying to say. They do play a part if you if you go out with a mentality that you don't want to concede, and you go out with the mentality that you you know the, the team you're playing against is a really good attacking team, and you've got to stop and play him uh, before you can get into the game. I think sometimes you do make a rod for your own back. So, uh, you know, I think. The criticism, the reasonable criticism, the well-thought-out logical criticism at the start of the game was, was more than deserved, I think. Chris, can I just come in quickly? We've got a guy mm. here on Twitter, uh, Rickers, who said, Good God and you still moan. Every team rides their luck at times. We won at Goodison today, for Christ's sake. I just, <laughs> I just, I just want to reply and say, look, we're not here to criticise our team. What we're saying is that the first 25 minutes, half an hour, was unacceptable. It we're analysing you know, the game. Don't listen. If, yeah, yeah. We're analysing the game. That's what we're here to do. It, it was unacceptable. Overall, and mm. I'm sure you'll see over the next hour of this show, that we're going to be very positive. You know, we got a result. Yeah. We're going to some part. That's absolutely amazing. But if you are listening in, okay. every, every footballing fan will know to be opened up like that as a Premier League side, just isn't good enough. Look, and it might happen week on week with other teams. It's just yeah. not good enough. And no, I don't want to be negative because I love <laughs> Crystal Palace. And all I want to do is sit here and be happy Palace. But we have to have, you have to face reality. That wasn't good enough, but we'll move on. Alex, it's fine. I mean, people are entitled to, to, to rhyme with their views. But I just think that if we'd, we'd come out and been massively positive straight away, someone would have tweeted us saying the exact opposite, saying, well, what about the first 20 minutes when we're exactly. rubbish? Why are you guys not talking about that? So that's fair enough. Look, that's, that's your view, Rick, because I absolutely promise you the way we've written this show, because it is written, we don't just come on air and, you know, throw it out, you know, pick it out of our... We have done, to be fair, just plucked out of thin air at times. But um, the show was written during the game, as I said earlier. Um, so... Basically, it does follow the process that we were awful and then got better and then were absolutely amazing by the end of the game, in my view. So just just bear with us on that, all right? Um, so, yeah, I say I felt we, we improved. Um, Alex, again, you, you come back to what you said earlier. You mentioned the penalty did change the game and, and the confidence came back into the side. And it shows how important confidence is, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That that stroke of luck there and, and, and that goal... Um, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's simple, isn't it? Uh, a little lucky decision your way that, that we haven't actually had this season. We have had so much go against us. You know, we've conceded five from set pieces, and <coughs> I, I know people think, well, that's not, you know, that's not being unlucky. That's just poor defending. But but things like that, you know, it's nice to see things go for us for a little while. You know, we lost our yeah. manager, we lost out on on certain players, <laughs> and we know we've had we've had a tough, tough, tough few months. But it's nice to settle down now. You know the games won't settle down because we're Crystal Palace, and that's just the way we do things. But it's nice to have that stroke of luck and actually feel. Do you know what? We're going to get our fair share of luck, and and we're going to have to take advantage of it and <coughs> and go to town on this Premier League like we did last season. It's nice to it's, nice to come up with, yeah. against the team when their goalkeeper's having a mirror as well. So, oh, yeah, did you see him yeah, midweek yeah. as well? Though he was amazing, wasn't he? And had a mare today. <laughs> um, just to get back to the point, I think Tony's available now. Hopefully, anyway, he'll be able to be able to speak to us in a sec. Um, you mentioned the penalty you thought was lucky. I thought, interestingly enough, it was a it was a result of James McArthur gambling and getting himself in the right position, and, and a rush of blood to the head from Howard. So I actually think we you know, we didn't deserve it in the game. So it's lucky in that sense. But I think it was a penalty that was earned. Uh, Tony, your views on the penalty? Yeah, Damn I thought. It. That... Oh, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I thought the penalty was was well worked. Like you, I, I don't think it was lucky at all. I think um, Howard. There was a bit of a mix up in the defence, but I think Macarthur 
um, pounced on the fact that there was an opportunity and I think you know, three of them sort of managed to bring him down and it was definitely a pen and I don't think it was lucky. I thought it was well played by McArthur to get in there. Hmm. Yeah, fair play. Um, so yeah, obviously we've we've covered a few different different things. Uh, Joe, just your your view on that. Um, you've just basically gone with attack is always the best form of defence. As in, do you think that's what changed the game? The mentality to to just go at them. I'll tell you what changed the game was the the positive mental attitude, as near enough always as uh, of of Yannick Bellassi. Um, I know, I know and before I get canes by people that remember what I said last time or some of the tweets that I've said, um, is that he's not had the best of his, his end product has not been the best. And what I said and, and, uh, me and Patrick basically said mm. was that he had to, to shape up or, or ship out really, because you know, when Wilf's waiting to come in and do virtually the same stuff, yeah. um, Sometimes, if not better, but I mean, he's just, it was him. It was all down to him today. When he's skin stones repeatedly, yeah. um, this new, you know, the, the, the New England kid, um, you know, I, I mean, he's just, he's embarrassed him. I think he's embarrassed him the whole game. And I think what that does, and again, we, we talked about confidence earlier. You can see that all of a sudden the other players rise, you know, punch and so it starts finding his passing and going past people. And it's just a, a massive upsurge of like the last the last few games we couldn't have played any, we couldn't have played any worse than West Ham and then the Burnley game was not a whole lot better and you know it's, it, it was just a complete improvement um, and with improvement comes confidence so uh, you know we, we, obviously some of our plastics will be expecting us to win seven or eight next week but <laughs> mm. um, it's the Leicester side that run yeah. right today look we'll, we'll, um, we'll come, we'll right. come back seven or eight six <laughs> Look, we'll come back to the the performance of, of Yannick and things like that a little bit later on because I just want to get us get us through you know through the game. We've had some uh, various bits of contact uh, throughout the course of the show, and um, so Andy Tipping also pointing out that uh, Balassi ran right last season and did so today, and Warnock got his spot on, which was nice to see. Um, Doug Tippett was pointing out that uh, Downing did very very similar to uh, to Lukaku just walking through, and that's, that's a very good point. And that was Stuart Downing when. You know, done an awful lot in a West Ham shirt. He just walked through us, walked past Ward, and drilled it into the bottom corner. It's, you know, those those are the sort of things that very early on people got worried about. But we did start to turn it around, and it was off. It was it was slightly before the penalty moment because we'd started to commit people forward and try. You know, put in a little bit more effort, a little bit more work, and you know, that's not to criticise the effort that went before. It was just disjointed until there was a little bit of belief because uh, they're good players out there. They they really are. Neil Warnock said it himself. In, they they are good players, but um, yeah. Also mentioned great penalty from Mele, wasn't it? Never in any doubt, Alex. No, Mele's done really well from from the spot from us. I think that's two now, isn't it? He had one in the cup as well um, in the shootout against Cardiff when he wasn't a uh, an established player as such. But mm. it's the West Ham, he, one. yeah. yeah. West Ham one, he did he did well. Um, but I think a lot of people when he stepped up are still a bit still a bit dubious when he steps up because obviously seeing with his uh, his general set piece play and his free kicks he tends to think he's a bit of a, a set piece specialist and I, I'm not sure he's actually hit the target yet from a from a free kick but nothing against me I'm a very big fan but yeah I, I feel very confident when he steps up he's a confident guy and he absolutely knows where he's going to put it and, and he'll put his laces through it and we'll see what happens. He he did well, better than Glenn this week, I must admit. I had to bring him up in some shape or form. And I, I, still... haven't, seen, 
I haven't seen that moment yet. I imagined you would get a little bit misty-eyed when you, if you watched him miss another. It penalty. doesn't matter. He still could have played today and last week, and it would have made a difference. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, very quickly, I just want to ask you this, Tony. Um, I, I felt at the period the game started to turn. I felt that MacArthur and Ledley actually started working really well together. Their passing sort of started to they started to gel as a team. Is it you know as a, almost a duo playing slightly ahead of Jednak? None of you sure if you noticed similarly yourself, but do you think the two of them work well? Yeah, definitely. I think um, MacArthur and Ledley are both uh, good at passing the ball, which is one thing we've established that Jednak is not good at doing. He's good at breaking up the play. Mm. So I think the way that Warnock had them set up was to have Jednak playing as the single defensive midfielder with. Uh, Ledley and MacArthur just ahead, which is which is something we've actually said before in the past that maybe it's worth dropping one uh, of the defensive midfielders and having a bit more going forwards because otherwise we're always going to be a very very negative defensive team because we've got too many people behind the ball. And I think yeah, MacArthur and Ledley, you know, with a few more games under their belt, they'll learn each other's game more and more, and I think we'll we'll see better and better from them. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, so I thought it was a really good early sign. Because um, that was that's the first time they've really been in the in the same team, and it's an interesting little tweak to the syst- the system to see that it's something we've talked about before. But I can I can see us playing a bit more like that away from home. A bit, you know, the the Shamak role kind of disappears, and it's kind of replaced by two slightly more box to box forward thinking midfielders ahead of Jednak rather than the two defensive midfielders sitting. I think it worked well, and like you say, Tony, I think a lot of that it was to do with the their ability to pass it. When we actually got confident and got on the ball, we had, it looked like we were able to create many more options and move the ball across the pitch a bit more. And I dare say, knock that possession stat up a little bit more. But we'll have a, we'll have a little chat about possession stats in a sec. Um, Plus the fact they again, both like a tackle as well. Yeah, exactly. They do yeah, it's little a couple of little terriers in there. It was very good. I like the uh, like the mixture there. Sorry, Alex. Certainly against the bigger sides, I think you'll see the, the sort of three holding, not three holding midfielders, but three central midfielders rather than that. You know that that Shemak, that that natural number ten as such. I think you you might find a couple more box to box midfielders and you know, players like MacArthur who keeps the ball ticking over. I think against the bigger sides, especially away from home, you'll see that. The question is going to be what we're going to do if we do have that because Campbell did you know okay playing with three midfielders behind him. Um, you'd argue that obviously Shamak's our number one striker and you want him up front but we've seen in the past that he can't play on his own he plays better when he's combining with another striker so yeah. if you've got Shamak on the pitch you can't necessarily have all three of them in midfield so we end up with the same problem as before is what's our team that we're going to play I mean this is a yep. great team when we're playing away from home or if we're playing against a big side but you know against the um, the lower down teams we, we, we need to have a bit more going forward with two strikers in my opinion yeah, absolutely. yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more, Tony. Like you say, last week against Burnley, I think if Shamak had played, I think we would have won that two or three, to be honest. And or Murray. Think, or, 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 <laughs> yeah, stop talking about him. It's making me sad. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, it's a very good point you make. And, the, you, do have, and you do have to have different uh, systems to play for, you know, for different teams. And we, some, in a way, that's something that we've, we've kind of struggled with in the past. But uh, I think... It's it's very early days in Neil Warnock's reign, and he's you know he's bringing people in in backroom staff, uh, he's working with the players. And I think what you saw today it was actually very encouraging, and it started off feeling like it was going to be the end of the world <laughs> the way the game started off. But if you look at the way the players dug in and responded, and then started to actually impose themselves on the game against a very good Everton side, I think there were a lot of signs there that, 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 that there's actually an idea and a philosophy that a team can actually 
get behind with with Neil Warnock in place, and you know that that really did make me feel a lot lot happier um, than than I'd started the game with, because that that's always the worry, isn't it? You don't know if the team's going to buy in to to a new guy coming in, and the, the the opening couple of games for for Neil Warnock have been were difficult games. There was a positivity of of getting the point up at Newcastle, but realistically, it, it could have been. It could have been nothing. It could have been three, but realistically, we conceded some poor goals. Um, but clean sheet against Burnley and a, and a very good performance today. In the end, um, things starting to look a lot lot brighter. I thought um, the first twenty minutes against Burnley, I thought we looked very good. Yeah, you're right. We it's one of those things, wasn't it? We said we said during the review that you you want to you've got to score when you're in top on top in the Premier League, even if you're playing a a team that's essentially a Championship team, but. Um, You've got to score while you're on top, and because we didn't, we kind of got dragged into a, to quite a negative game, which was it was a, that was a shame as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think things are very positive at the moment. Um, but if you do want to get in touch with us today, do remember we're, I think don't think we're taking calls at the moment, um, unfortunately. But you can tweet us at HOL Radio. Um, you can message us. It's HOLRadio.net forward slash contact. There's a form there for you to get in touch. There's a couple of people who have got in touch, uh, but I just pressed a button and lost them. That was good, wasn't it? Um, oh yeah, I've asked for some some views on the possession stats for half time, but we'll come back to that in a second. Just before half time, um, Yannick Bellassi, um had a shot that, uh, that was deflected and sort of hit the hit the bar slash post at the same time. Ridiculously, um, ridiculously unlucky to, to not score there. But what I wanted to kind of ask, and, and it's bearing in mind that I'm asking this from a, from a note that was written before Fraser Campbell scored. Um, he didn't seem to anticipate, and although Balassi was unlucky not to get there, Fraser Campbell actually had his hands in the air celebrating the goal. Um, you know, was that a bit of a concern to you, Tony? Well, oh, definitely. You know, if you're a natural, you'd like to think someone who's a natural goal scorer, a natural poacher, is, is always looking for the. You know, until the ball hits the back of the net, he's on form. And Fraser Campbell was almost anticipating. Yeah, the ball's gone in the net. I'm going to start celebrating, and then the ball came back. Now, uh, you know. If he'd, if he'd been a couple of yards forwards or a couple of yards back, you know, he would have been able to get onto the end of it. But he was unfortunately in no man's land. And what it meant is that the way the ball bounced in front of him, that when he tried to chest it, the ball was only going to go upwards. Yeah. It's a real Chris, shame. Go on, go on, Alex. Sorry, can I just say, if, in that position there, if that had been Gale in that position, I don't think people would have reacted the same way they reacted with Campbell. And I think that's just just the way the way it is at the moment with, with fans because if that had been Campbell that's, uh, Gale that started celebrating I think people would just think oh yeah it looked like it was going in so that, that's just the way it is I, just, I, do, I do just think there is sort of that, that bias towards people's favourite players and, and that's completely understandable uh, yes Murray would have bullied it Murray would have come from Julian Sproni's box, run all the way down the pitch. <laughs> right, your Glenn Murray obsession is getting beyond a joke. Put it now. in the back of the net. Does <laughs> he climb up the stairs? You can't even stop hug, him either. Run just, back down the stairs. Run I'm to really, the Warnock. Give him a high five. Run I'm around really, the pitch a bit more. <laughs> Put his hand on his head. Sorry, Chris, where were you? I was getting worried around the time that you said that Glenn Murray would run up and give you a hug. I wanted to know what was going to come next, and let's just say I was happy that he ran away again. Um, let's move on from that. With reluctance. Yeah, all right. I'm concerned about you. Very, very concerned. Um, I don't know. I don't. I know exactly what you're saying, Alex. Before the Murray stuff, that you, people have kind of got the knives out for Fraser Campbell, um, and, and I've not really seen it. I've seen moments where I've thought he should have done better, and I've seen, seen moments where I thought. 
you know, I'm not completely convinced about him at this level. But I've also seen moments where he's he's been superb and he's played, led the line brilliantly or even playing in behind in the Shamak role. I think he's done very well at times. And I think it's just consistency. It's just like anyone. You've, it's very hard to come into a club and be immediately on the top of your game and consistent and also get used to a system. Um, go on, Tony. You've got a view. I, just, I was going to echo pretty much what you said there. The, the guy needs some uh, runner games, really. Uh, you know, at Cardiff, you know, he was playing, you know, game in, game out. Whereas with us, you know, he played the first game and then he was dropped and then he's playing. And, he's, you know, he needs he needs a consistent run of games. And plus, because we keep changing our formation, he's gone from sort of being the striker up top on his own. He's been the striker in front of someone. Um, he's been the striker back. You know, he, he's, he's not quite got his role in the team yet. I mean, I know a lot of people when he came in said that he was like Jerome, but a bit more prolific. But Jerome, when he came in, knew exactly his position and what was needed of him whereas I yeah. think Campbell's quite got that yet No that's a fair point and, and you're right to point out his time at Cardiff that he did play a lot he did play a lot out wide as well so that, you know I, I think it goes even further playing as, a, as an out and out striker as he did today and again we talk, we've already talked about the system the system was very much a five man midfield with the you know with one player asking being asked to occupy an entire Everton back four and you think that's a very hard job to do and come across like you you'd you know you're, you're playing well, and I thought early on he he wasn't great, like most of our team weren't. But I think the more the game went on, the better he got, and it was nice to see him actually in the right position, following up on that shot, even if he was a bit hesitant. And really, you know, if you if you're being harsh on him, he probably should have scored uh, from Balassi's shot. But there you go. It's, it's yeah. I mean, it's thin, fine margins, and I think maybe if we'd gone and lost that game, there would be a bit more criticism coming his way. Um, but he's had so much unjust criticism in my view that, that it's hard to sort of keep it in perspective. Um, on the half-time moment, uh, there was, I, I don't know how you guys felt about the way Everton, um, should we say, fell quite a lot. Uh, I don't know if I'm seeing something from a... Obviously, I am biased because I, I, you know, I don't... Probably didn't, Palace might do similar and I don't see it, but... I felt that Everton, the Everton players were going down with a minimum of contact continuously throughout the game. And the challenge that Eto we won a very dangerous free kick right at the end, and it really could have cost us. Um, and I felt, that, I felt that Eto got no more than shoulder-on-shoulder shoulder contact and, and just fell in front of the referee, and the referee was only too happy to give it. Um, it's a, I mean, that's moments like that can really turn a game. I don't know if you had a view on that, Alex. Yeah, I just... I just think it's the nature of the Premier League. You know, we'll we'll end up sitting here arguing with each other about about decisions and saying this ref made this this decision wrong and and things like that. I just look, it's it, it's just what it is. If he scores from it, we turn around and, and we give the referee a hell of a load of abuse for making an awful decision. But it luck was on our side from that respect. That this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. 
at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That at Jinnak led by example and smacked his face against that ball and stuck it out for a corner from Baines' shot. I just, I didn't really pick up the fact that, that they went down softer. The penalty was soft later on, but equally our penalty was, was reasonably soft. Get, yeah, credit to MacArthur for gambling, but still, you know, a lot of players would have stayed up there and and I think just either way, it's the reality of the Premier League. I don't necessarily agree with the way it goes, but such is life. Tony? I'm going to make two points. Firstly, like, <laughs> based on what Alex said, I don't understand how MacArthur could have stayed on his feet when he had three players sort of scissoring him at the same time. There was no Care, way he careful, could have stayed off with the words, Careful with the phrase scissoring there, but we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alex is thinking of Glenn right now. Um, um, you wished. <laughs> I think. Um, I think when you. I, I think the point about the players going down easy. I think it's up to the ref to uh, police that because I think the Everton players realised that the ref was a bit of a soft touch. So you know they could they could go down really easily and not have any retribution for it. I think if if the ref had sort of told them a couple of times get up or you know they would have stopped doing it. But you know when you realise that something's working, you can just go down easily and the ref's not going to pull you up on it. Then you're going to keep doing it. Mm, okay, just very aware that there's a lot of innuendo going on there, so I'm going to have to move on from that subject very, very quickly. <laughs> um, I've asked for some views on the 76% possession in, uh, at half-time in favour of Everton. Um, and as, as you've pointed out, Alex, in, in the pre-show notes, that it was actually a lot worse before that. <laughs> um, but you know, we won at one point. Yeah, it was, it was. But um, I mean, I'll, I'll just get some views um, from the Twitter collective first of all. Um, Doug Tibbetts says, surprised, didn't think we got above 15%. Uh, Billy Kemper said it was the, it makes, means we're the best counter-attacking team in the Premier League. Also pointed out that yeah, we need Shamak playing, and have it, but having him up on his own, uh, he's not sure about. Um, uh, Andy Burton has said that it doesn't, possession doesn't mean anything. It's uh, sideways possession isn't pressure. Uh, I felt quite a lot of Everton's possession was pressure, though, but I, yeah, I, know, the, I know the point he's making. Um, Kevin, that's Kevin, Kevin T.A. Steph. Hmm. Um, his possession as little as 24% appears worrying but it's disappointing to watch games uh, when we only seem to hoof ball 50-50 chances uh, we'll talk about the, 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 the style of play shall we say uh, in a moment I've got some interesting views well <laughs> call my own views interesting I've become arrogant I apologise um, <laughs> no. uh, yeah I have I know become yeah, what always, you've always been arrogant yeah, but off air, mate. <laughs> Hot calling <laughs> kettle black. Yes. I keep it off air. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. Um, Peter Redmond says it's not remote. that's not remotely accurate. Oh, one day. Um, and there's all sorts of other stuff going on that I can't read. Brilliant. All right. So, yeah, um, those general views, your views, gents. Uh, Tony, let's start with you. On the possession-wise, <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think, as you mentioned, we we are we we've since we've been in the Premiership, we've never had a lot of possession. I think the most possession last year we had was forty five percent, something like that. And we 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 like to soak up pressure and catch people on the counter. And you can see last week yeah. against Burnley, you know, it was it was almost like one of those sort of like kids games where if you have more than four passes to the ball, you have to give it back to the other team. You know, we 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 don't handle bringing it to the other team, so we're always going to have low possession now. There were spots in this game where it was ridiculous how little possession we had, but you know, at the end of the day, the 
result is what counts. And if, if we're going to, you know, soak up pressure, which we're good at doing, and then and then counter really quickly and get goals, then it doesn't matter how much possession we get. I know they say possession is king, but I think goals are better. No, exactly. And there's a lot of uh, Ben Fleury and, um, and Jed Dye have also said similar. Um, stats don't actually mean much, particularly possession. And, and like you say, Tony, it's the way we actually approach the game. It's, we're not there to, to keep possession of the ball. Having said that, if you look at the opening period of the game, there it shows you there is a limit to uh, to surrendering possession of the ball, uh, because if you allow the opposition to have all of the ball and you're not pressing them as much as we can drop in too deep, which is what we did early on, um, you can put yourself in a lot of trouble as well. So, I think it's it's what it is. It's one statistic out of a whole number of statistics that can give you a rough idea of what happened during the game. Um, all that reflects is the. We won a we won a game of football by being clinical um, with the possession that we had, but when you look at the grand scheme of things, and we all watched the game, we all know how brilliantly it ended. But I think we can also all be honest and say that there were times during that game where we put ourselves under an awful lot of pressure. And I think that all I'm really getting at is that that 76-24 of possession, that's that's a you know that's a clear indication of what we would, what we what, you know that we were putting ourselves under pressure, and that there was a distinct danger of us, well, potentially losing that game uh, if things hadn't quite dropped our way. Joe, possession is nine tenths of the law. <laughs> I don't know why I went to you. Carry on eating your curry. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> Tony. Um, I do agree. Possession is important. I think what what we could possibly look at is that if you've if you've got a team that starts to, like Everton did at the beginning, and then we catch them quickly on a break, not necessarily scoring, but create a chance, I think what it does to the other team is it pushes them back a bit because they think, okay, you know, we can attack and attack like Everton did. But I think the reason why you got a lot of sidewards movement from Everton is because they were thinking to themselves, well, they're letting us have the ball and they're going to counter us. So we can't let too many people go forwards because otherwise they are going to break us around the back. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we have possession, we have enough cover at the back whilst also attacking, but then you don't have as many people. So it confuses them a bit. So I think the important thing is if you are going to play this, you know, soaking up pressure game, you need to make sure that you get a decent attack from the beginning to unsettle the other team. Yeah, you're right. We, yeah. Yeah, we were that's, that's basically what happened with Everton is they 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 attacked from the start and we didn't do anything at the beginning and that's why they thought mm. this is going to be a walk in the park. But then when we started counter-attacking them and letting them that's when they were like well, we don't want to go forwards because if we go forwards they're going to score. Yeah, you're right. If you don't give them anything to worry about then you know quite simply you you make it easy for them and we did make it easy for them. But it was what I thought was really good was that we we got back into the game, we fought back into it well, we got the penalty. You could easily got in at half time at a level and you could easily think that there was you know, the potential for us to come out in the second half and, and see more of the same see us put under pressure um, and just trying to trying to get a little you know little scraps on the break but I thought we came out of the second half and Everton did, didn't even get a chance to build up the head of steam that they did in the first half um, I think quite rightly that the, the management's got into the into the team and said look make sure that doesn't happen again um, and exactly what we're talking about, give them something to worry about. And I think Everton had a spell of uh, possession at the, um, at the start of the second half, but they didn't look anywhere near as dangerous. And we had a much better sort of uh, setup to, give, to get our ta- counter-attacks going. And as it happened, Everton just did not clear their lines after a, sp- a spell of sustained pressure and winning the ball back. And uh, the ball found Kelly on the right-hand side. Long, deep cross. You know, well, not the greatest of crosses, 
Um, and on another day, Howard claims that. But But this time he didn't, <laughs> said Chris. <laughs> <laughs> he's right. I need to just, while he's, while he's just, uh, is he back? What? Yes. You carry on, Joe. He is. Um, mm. Well, I'm just going to say very quickly that I think one thing that uh, uh, um, Warnock's done is, is at the, with the setup and the shape, which is uh, completely pleased me as such, is that he, no matter what happens... <clears throat> even when corners now, when the opposition have got corners, is that he puts Yannick on the halfway line, and and that immediately puts us on the front foot, but which which we didn't have last year. Of when the ball, if it gets hoofed out, then we've got someone really really quick to try and counter for us without having mm. to do that counter from from our uh, from from the edge of our own area because we're really not fantastic at trying to pass our way out of defence. Hmm. That's right. We can't, we can't keep possession. I wouldn't trust us to be a team that can, like 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 an Arsenal do or a Man City, where we're passing the ball around, tippy-tap football, as they call it. We can't do that. Our players are not... Totally I don't right. want to say individually, but as a team, as a team, they can't do that. You're right, but at the same time, you've got to, you've got to work towards it to a point as well. Um, I'm not saying that you have, to, you have to try and emulate a team that can spend hundreds of billions of pounds. What I'm saying is if you approach every single game the way we're approaching it, eventually it will cost you. If you can't actually, that's what I mean, that's what you do. That's where you try and buy better quality players. The longer in the, in the Premier League, the, the more you try and build the squad and build, the, you know, build a, a group of players that can actually impose themselves on a game of football you know, in, in a technical way. Um, and I think that's what we've got to try and do long term. But you're right, we're nowhere near there yet. And you don't want to see us try and change too much. It's where Ian Holloway struggled in wanting to play fast-flowing, attacking football, but retain possession of the ball. And you cannot do that. You can't just say we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to retain possession of the ball. Anyway, the point I was trying to make before I went mysteriously disappeared for a while was that um, although you know Campbell's got up well, and he's at the end of the day he's ended up scoring from headering the headering the ball out of uh, Howard's sort of flapping hands, and it's it's a scrappy goal. But I really hope it's the catalyst to um, you know to to get him firing and get him looking like the player we, you know, we know he can be. If you look at, you know, I'm sure people remind, uh, remember him coming through uh, as, as a young player at Man United and going on loan to Hull and things like that. He's a real prospect. And, you know, he, he was pretty deserving of that England cap. So it's not, you know, we potentially got a very good striker there. You know, we, yeah, anyway, <laughs> that was, was my best, point. It was the best strike with the back of someone's head that I've ever seen. <laughs> they all count, mate. They all count. But he's, <laughs> at the end of the day, he's in there. That's the thing. That's what I'm trying to give him credit for. He's in the right place at the right time. So whatever you say, you know, you can call it a bit of luck. You can call him, I think you call it a poacher's effort, Alex. But then, he's deliberately jumping for it, though, isn't he? I mean, when, he, he is, when, yeah. when Howard misses it, his head goes yeah. in. So yeah, he's not... Like, it doesn't matter. You're going to get your eyes closed if you're going out for a, 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 a challenge of a goalkeeper. Right Mark place, right it. time. Yeah, that's right place. Oh, do you know what, Tony? This time, I'm going to have to say that, yes, Murray would have scored that, but <laughs> right place, right time by Fraser Campbell. And, and like he, you know, he, he tried it. He, you know, you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle. I'm sorry to use a cliche, but, oh, but it's true. At the end of the day. He gambled, what? didn't he? He ga- at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Jill, he did gamble, <laughs> and that's what it takes to score goals I, in this division. Can I just say, Glenn Murray also gambles. Does it? Does anyone else <laughs> think that, that Alex has never actually experienced a real raffle? 
I've I've never no. I think I'm too young for raffles. I was going to go with posh, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> too middle class. Too middle class. Exactly. That's not posh. <laughs> <laughs> Vote you're, for Alex. <laughs> you're so South Croydon. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm sorry. Oh, I don't know what happened. Not what happened to me. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about. This was a, a spell. We still obviously we, we've just gone to one up, and that's almost like it's a warning sign for me. Usually, with, with, when it's Palace, particularly when playing away from home, um, we're usually about to see a long sustained spell of the other team putting us under an immense amount of pressure and us eventually caving in. Um, that's not really something that's happened. We didn't certainly didn't happen that much last season, but it's something that's kind of ingrained in my brain from years and years of supporting Palace. And we got a warning around the hour mark, and and Atsu once again he was, he was causing a lot of problems out there on the wing, uh, at the beating of Ward quite often, and and was, yeah, just causing lots of lots of issues. And we got a warning. We didn't heed the warning in the first half, but happy to say, obviously, we did heed the warning this time. Uh, dropped a little bit deep, but not too deep, um, and. Forced Everton into making some changes, and I think this is, it, in my opinion, this is what ended up with us winning the game. Uh, they took Stones off. He had an absolute mare against Balassi, but he was actually quite um, quite a good force going forward for them as well. And I felt that by putting McCarthy at right back against Balassi, I thought that was asking for trouble. And it, as as it turned out, he was asking for trouble because McCarthy's not a right back at all, and he, he really did struggle. And, and the Everton subs just did not get into the game as well. Um, so I was quite, I was quite happy to see. But um, before we scored, there was a moment. There was a moment where Dan managed to sort of clear the ball. It was basically hit at him, wasn't it, Alex? But like you said before, right place, right time, wasn't it? He bought a ticket, and what did he do? Oh, he won, he won the raffle, didn't he? <laughs> he did indeed. We've had a great time at the raffle today. We've gambled, and we have come away with the top prize. I tell you, three uh, points. I'm playing the lottery. It's like winning that Ferrari. Yeah, no, do you know what? Scott Dan's been absolutely fantastic for us and probably our you most important win. player today. You can win a Ferrari and you're lot of, oh, you're so posh. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's not let's not have a go at posh, Alex. Let's keep let's keep moving moving on. Um yeah, I just I, okay. That, that that was a weird yeah, that was the moment um as when I was writing it, I was thinking uh, we're going to be under pressure here. Um and as it turned out, we weren't. We we hunted the ball down. We never gave up. Um, and just in one of those moments, Punching managed to nick the ball. You could hear the crowd shout "Man on!" But it was too late. Punching nicked the ball away, and was running. And everyone wanted to seem to. I, I wanted him to shoot. You could hear the crowd urging him to shoot. Because um, you know, the Palace crowd made it seem like a home game. They were so loud. Um, and but instead of that, he plays an absolutely brilliant pass. The pass is as good as the finish, and it was a great finish. But the pass was top class. And wow, what, what a moment that was! Uh, Alex, your reaction to that goal? Perfectly weighted pass, and the thing is, I've always, I've always wanted sort of Jace to play in a more of a central Jace? role because punching, yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud! What is it? okay? I've always wanted Jason, whatever his middle name, punching to play in a central role because I believe he can open up defences. JP. And- 
and <laughs> and JP always always does pose a threat having a shot from that sort of range. And but he did find he did find Yannick there. We all called for the shot, but he he opened up that defence with a defence splitting pass, if you like, with another cliche. And and Yannick uh, tucked that away and nicely. That- half, half the reason I, I I wanted him to shoot was because I didn't have much confidence in in Yannick's shooting boots today. But he uh, he proved me wrong and and put us through one up. Can I ask a question? No. Okay. What? Who are you asking it to? All of you. All right. Go on. <laughs> if Yannick hadn't have fallen over, would the ball have gone over the net? Over uh, the net. Would he have scored? I see, I see what you mean. As he fell over, as he hit it. <laughs> I think he. Uh, I think you could see he deliberately side-footed. Um, and I was really happy to see that. He's been saying he's been working on his finishing. Um, and I think that was evident. I think it was an excellent finish. Um, I think the only way he could strike it the way he did was by, by sort of leading off balance. Jill. I just need to, to add something about punching. You know, I'm not his biggest fan. Mm. Um, I, I just, uh, and I've said that his, his work, his work rate is sometimes questionable. But what he tries to do is just try to overplay. And I always said that instead of trying to score the, the perfect 30 yard screamer into the bottom or top corner, that what he needs to do is what he did today. And that was get his head up and play the pass. Beat the player and play the pass. And that's what we want from punching. He can, he can chip in with his five or ten goals a year, but what we need is what he did today, and that's yeah. be more aware and try not to be so selfish because we've got, you know, we, we've got players in that second, in, in uh, sorry, in that in that third, that 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 are paid to score goals. But mm. I just I just thought that, that you know that his his spatial awareness and his player awareness was spot on to see Yannick there, and uh, and it paid dividends because you can, mm. you know, unless he'd have done a card if. Um, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't have stuck it in the top corner, I don't think. But I mean, I'm I'm really pleased for him, and I am genuinely pleased for him that he had a yeah. good game. Yeah, and he's. I mean, yeah, we talk about consistency and things like that. I think, I think he has been a pretty consistent player. But it's like when he when he doesn't do those, you know, the moments of sheer class. When he doesn't do them, they we do miss him. That's the thing. When he brings out something like that. Invariably, he's he's winning us games. Last year, a lot of it was him just taking a shot from a, you know, from a relatively non-threatening position and, and just drilling it in. And well, he's, he's very guilty of overplaying, like Yannick. That's what they've both been doing that this season, and especially at the end of, not so much at the end of last season, um, because we got the results, but. You know, it's just the overplaying, beating a man and stopping and having a chance to cross and not crossing. And that, mm. that, that was that was the only thing. And, and today he didn't, you know, he, he didn't overplay. And that's that's all you want from him to do a job, and, and let someone else. You know, it's always brilliant to score the goals, um, but if he's yeah. through one on one for keeper, he scores a goal. It's, it's fantastic. He scores from a free kick or whatever. But he, you know, he, he did, he did really well today. Yeah. That's what takes you from a championship winger to a premiership winger is your is your decision making in knowing when to cross and when not to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And every, you know, we we know some of our some of our team are learning, and some of our team, you know, are, are just trying to, are trying to find regular form at this level. And I think the two players we're talking about uh, come under that category: Balassi and Punchin. I think they're both incredibly exciting players, and I think having Wilf there, putting them under a bit of pressure for their place as well, is is going to going to do do them a lot of a lot of good so I, I think there's a lot to a lot of positives to come out of, of that situation but it was just for me it was one of my favorite uh, recent palace goals um just purely because I, I didn't really think it was going to come i thought we were just it was back back to the wall 
but we went after them and, and it was hard work that got us the opportunity and then it was class that finished it off and I think Yannick's been crying out for a goal recently and it was to see him come so close on the stroke of half time um, you just think it's never going to happen for the guy but it was great that he you know it was a, it was a proper goal as well it wasn't a you know long range shot that flicked off someone went in the corner or whatever it was a proper goal proper finish you know took advantage of the space got a great pass slotted it away just love that what a love, lovely moment it really was use a cliche it's a team goal it was very much a, a team goal uh, I thought Jen had something to say, but he still say he's still telling us about his dinner. Nice one, mate. I've just um, told you what I've got left, and if you wanted it, um, it's Send a bit it complicated. Up, yeah, I am pretty hungry actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, just pick up on a few few contacts about various things before we uh, finish this this uh, review of the game off. Um, talk going all the way back to the lineup. Alex Johnston got in, was, said he was skeptical of the lineup at first, and but he also thinks it's, it's good that Gale, Zaha, and Shamak uh, arrested for for Tuesday slash Saturday. Uh, he meant Wednesday slash slash Saturday. Um, yeah, Alex McKeown, this is an interesting question. He thought, um, what do we think of Kevin Blackwell helping out slash whatever he's doing? Uh, Kevin Blackwell was actually shown in in the crowd. He's he uh, had an earpiece in, so he's obviously talking to the the coach and stuff. But he's he's doing that role on the match day where he sits at an elevated level and just tries to see see things that you can't see from bench level. And we made changes today, didn't we? We made tactical changes and personnel changes at different times, which may well have come from that that you know that relationship from having someone up there. Uh, he's an experienced guy. Not that long ago, he was still managing. He was managing at Berry under very difficult circumstances, I believe. Um, he's got an awful lot of experience and if he's prepared to help out on a match day I, I think it can't really do us any any harm um, any thoughts chaps no not you know not really I think I think <laughs> we've got to try and find somebody that that fits the uh, the Jerry Francis role I don't think he's uh, as experienced at this level as perhaps somebody like Jerry is but to have a another eyes set of eyes watching us and giving their opinion can't be a bad thing yeah let's say I what my opinion is that you know potentially you could argue it, it was something that helped today. No, it's no guarantee it's what helped, but certainly he would have spotted some stuff up there early on that um, that, that well, it was quite obvious, I suppose. Yeah, I don't think it would have taken well. someone in the stands to uh, to realise what was going <laughs> wrong, do you? Um, no. Right, a few more things to round up from from your contact. Mike Timms has uh, suggested. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, that um, it was a useful message to Wilf today after he came out that he was thinking about trying to win his place back for Man United that he still still needs to win a place in the Palace team which is um, it's an interesting way I'm not sure we're definitely looking at it like that but an interesting perspective Mike thank you for that uh, Standing the Sun said he's questioned Balassi and Campbell over Wilf and Dwight but glad I've been proved wrong masterstroke using them both from Neil Warnock and um, Carl Adams has said we're out of this world at counter-attacking giving them 100% possession is nothing in a modern game um, well giving 100% probably wouldn't be so good but I know what you mean uh, Gave him 100%. We definitely wouldn't score any goals. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's the general consensus coming in. Um, very, very quickly, uh, gave away a penalty. Scott Dan was the man who, um, should we say, kind of almost hung out a leg. Um, gave away is very dubious way of putting it. It's, I mean, it's, it's I think it's as mu- almost, I wouldn't say as much, but it's pretty close to our penalty, wasn't it? Uh, it's I mean, it's there, reality, there wasn't any- isn't it? 
it's, it's the yeah. reality of the Premier League. If you leave your leg hanging out there, you are going to get taken advantage of. And we watched Wilf and, and Glenn Murray do that the season that we went up for fun. If you leave that leg trailing, you will get punished. You win penalties these days. You know you don't you don't get given when you you go out to win a penalty, and and that's the reality. Yeah, it was a real shame for them because he'd had a brilliant game. And uh, just slightly before it, uh, uh, there was a long ball to the, the back post by Everton and Lukaku got on it and I think he was going to header it across. But, where, you know, Dan was right in front of him, got his head to it almost straight away and, and saved what looked to be a certain goal. Um, yeah, I, I thought, as I said earlier on, I thought Everton players were falling over very, very easily all day. Um, but when there's contact there, I, I don't feel that I can argue about it. It's not like he dived. It was... He he let the contact happen and then fell. So it's a shame. It's a bit. It's a little bit of naivety from Dan, but you could see he could, just couldn't get out of the way. It's it's disappointing. It's a very cynical way of doing it. But as long as you don't get it all the time, as long as every single game isn't decided by a moment like that, then then fine. It puts us under a lot of pressure. It's a lot easier to take knowing now that we that we won the game. Really, um, what I thought was good with our substitutions is we made them late. Uh, Gadiora, Doyle, and Friars uh, came on the pitch. Replacing uh, now I've done it. <laughs> Balassi, Campbell, and MacArthur. There you go. Um, but I thought they were they were traditional Neil War- Warnock substitutions in that they were late, <laughs> and um, uh, you know they were down because because Everton obviously scored that goal, built up a head of steam. So although it ended up with us having quite a lot of added on time, I think it was a good moment just to disrupt them, and you could see it frustrated them. Um, and they never quite the sort of the minute or so after the the goal went in. The, you know, to, to make it three-two, they never quite got that kind of intensity back after we made those substitutions. So I thought that was pretty good. Again, that's the the experience of Neil Warnock. Um, I've written this is I'm going to read this out because this is what I wrote while watching it. Near the end, bad things happened. Jaws saved something, and I nearly cried. Six minutes, where? So I think what I was saying there was, where the hell did the six minutes come from, Alex? I said it, the person next to me said, oh, better be five, and I went, you'd probably be close to six, and I said that in a very sarcastic way, but obviously the referee was listening, it's just, it's just mad, isn't it, it's just, I, you, know, what, what, you know, what do you want us to say, it's just, where he found six minutes from was it, completely beyond me, yes, well, there was a lot of goals. Warnock no. went up to the, to, the, to the fourth official and asked him where he got six minutes from, and he'd actually written it down, and Warnock read it, and then went, all right then. Yeah, I was going to say, is it thirty? Do they do thirty seconds per substitution, and then we made three each? Because that, I mean, that accounts for what three minutes of it. That's a minute for a goal. A uh, minute for a goal, is it? Well, yeah, all right. That's two. <laughs> um, it's just, it was just one of those. It's a horrible moment, isn't it? It felt like a joke. It felt like it was a game that had very little in the way of stoppages. Um, and I just thought, if we're three-two down, and we're pressing for a goal. Would it? I don't know if it would have been six minutes. I, six, I know, it's a horrible thing to seconds. say. Yeah, exactly. It just always feels that way. And I, I suppose probably, yeah. I suppose probably every single person at every club will probably say the same thing. I imagine Man United fans are whinging about the referee today after decades of having the, the referees on their side. But it just felt, it just felt again like one of those moments where you just thought you knew if it had been the other way around, it'd be a couple of minutes, and it'd probably blow the whistle a little early as well. And when they were attacking at the end, because don't forget, it was a minimum of six minutes, and then we went over six minutes because they were attacking. Six and, and a half. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they played, I think they played three crosses in the 30 seconds extra. Um, and it was only that we had possession of the ball that he blew the whistle. It's, I mean, again, if you're the, I suppose if we're in their position, we, we'd probably see it as fair. But 
seemed really, really sort of distressing. But in those six minutes, uh, we were under quite a lot of pressure, but Adelaide Gediora um, just took the pressure off brilliant with a brilliant little run. Uh, but he should have scored, shouldn't he, Tony? Yeah, I said that. He should have scored. Um, I was in Patrick's in Beckenham, and um, you can see everyone, the anticipation when he got forwards. And we know that Guardiola has got a good shot on him. And when he, when he missed, it was just like, oh. Has he? Oh. You know, I remember yeah. my my friend who I was with said that, you know, well, at least it's gone off for a goal kick, so it'll waste some time. It didn't go straight to Howard, so he could lump it down the other end. But, he sh- he sh- you know, he sh- he, a player a player with his shot on him should be able to um, find the back of the net, in my That's, opinion. But, no, no, yeah, I know what you mean. It's nice to see him out there in the Palace shirt again, though. I, I, you know, I do hope he gets an opportunity every now and then to, to play a bit of football for us because he's a very good player. And a lot of people were very, very excited when we signed him. And I think no, he was... Certain- I know a certain person who um, was standing next to me in the pub was very excited to see him come off and said that he's a very, very good player. Yeah, oh, okay. That was, that was me, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I think he's a, he's, a, he's a nice guy as well. And obviously, we, we've spoken to him on our radio before and he just wants to play a bit of football. And yeah, if, if he can do that here and get some games, I think he's got an awful lot to offer. Uh, but we've obviously gone out and signed James MacArthur, uh, you know, and he's a terrific little player, and it's just more competition there. So, but anyway, I thought it's yeah, nice to see him, nice to see him get a run out, and yeah, he could he could have been the hero as, as well. Um, so it was an all. I, I was unbelievably relieved. I think we all we all were at the end of end of the game. It just the excitement of going three one up was just overtaken by that massive massive relief of of holding out a three two. But uh, just we've talked about individual performances. Um, let, let's have a quick moment to talk about those again. Um, I've gone for Balassi as my man in the match. I thought I thought Dan and Delaney in particular, once again, were absolutely brilliant at the back. Um, both put in heroic performances. Uh, Delaney, since he's got back in the side, has just been superb. Um, I think he only missed a game or two, but um, it kind of a lot of people, probably myself included, were picking Kelly to come in at centre back over him. And I certainly wouldn't be doing that now. Um, I think Delaney's been superb uh, back in the side once again. MacArthur was excellent while he was on. Jednak, after a little shaky start there, it was back to his imperious best at moments. Um, Punching moments of real quality. And I suppose Campbell, the other one I mentioned, was a little inconsistent, but it was a really tough role that he had to play. Um, and I thought he played it really, really well. But for me, Balassi just terrorised them enough to, to get my vote for man of the match. Alex? I'm going to be very controversial and say that I thought right. Balassi had Sorry. a very, very, right. very, very poor match. I don't think, I don't think for seventy-five minutes he beat his man all afternoon, and uh, and that's just, you know, that's just my opinion. But I just, don't, I don't think he was. It reminds me of the Alec Balassi that we first saw under Tony Pulis, frustrated, not at his confident best. And I think, I think Neil Warnock is actually going to help Yannick Balassi exceed and get even better. So it's nothing. You need to against stop taking him. drugs, mate. Honestly, <laughs> I <laughs> thought you said I, that just as Yannick skinned on, someone. Honestly. Yeah. He, he, had I, the game, he had the game of his life today. I can't believe you can even say that. Look, that, you know that, that's opinion, Joe. But in all honesty, from what I saw, he didn't beat his man all afternoon. You um, told me he was going to sack someone today, Chris. <laughs> Do it. And and if he hadn't had scored, I think a lot of people would have changed their opinion as well. I think that's um, the reality. My man of the match is Jason Punch, and I think he's our player of the year so far. I think he's Jace, absolutely who, outstanding. Who, who, you're Jace. <laughs> yeah, me and JP get on really well, so it's a good laugh. But Glenn oh. was also really good um, as well today, so he Glenn. deserves a... Uh, yeah, Glenn. Yeah, he was there in spirit. Look, um, we mean, wouldn't have won that game. 
If it was a, there's a few things that I've decided. One is not to have Jell and Alex on the same show ever again. Uh, and the second is to attach something to Alex that electrocutes him every time he says Glenn Murray. But, uh, you know, aside from that, do please vote we for We put him it on his Steve testicles. Please. Yeah. That was... If you did that, he'd definitely get the vote for Palace TV. That'd <laughs> be TV see, worth watching. See, I tried desperately to avoid actually saying the words. So I was just, anyway. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Let's move on. Uh, Tony, who was your man of the match? I was quite thoughtful at the end because I knew this question was going to come. And, um, I don't think, in my opinion, anyone massively, massively shone. I think it was a good team performance. I think we played well as a team. But I don't think there was there was one particular person who was... Man up and name one, for God's <laughs> sake, Tony. Yes, mate. All right, just, just for that, Alex, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say then, just to wind Alex up, that I Get thought Balassi was also out of the match. I've got to say, I, I noticed I noticed his skin stone a number of times. Um, he did, he really did, yeah. He did. I think, Alex, this is when you were at the bar, to be fair. Um, <laughs> he did, he did. when I was at the bar, so <laughs> don't complain. <laughs> you must have been true. at the bar about every five minutes in. <laughs> we had we had we had a little thing going where every time somebody went to one of our group went to the bar, we seemed to score. So we um we thought we'd carry that on. I, right. I thought Bassi was excellent today. Um he started off a bit shaky and he has this season um not been as good as he was towards the end of last season, but maybe it's taken him time, like he said himself, to get back <laughs> up and running. But he yeah, um, he looks he looks he still looks quite dangerous and you know, I, I it's 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 slightly frustrating because our punch is playing really, really well, but I still miss it when we had Zaha and Balassi on each wing and they kept swapping. And, you know, last week, you know, and this week as well, it just shows Warnock's not a big fan of swapping the wingers over, which, you know, we'll wait and see as the season progresses. But I think that, I think that could be interesting. That is the longest answer to who is your man of the match that we've ever had. Well done. Yay! Do I get a prize? <laughs> mm, I'll think about it. Anyway, some four-word reviews just to finish things off. Uh, that ginger guy says we did it again. <laughs> Dilem says uh, just had deja vu. Obviously, that three two the same result as last time. Uh, and Martin R saying the same thing. Same again next game. Oh, interesting. Um, Edward Moylan says it was just banter. <laughs> I don't know what he means by that. Carl Mortimer says we love Goodison Park. Steve Fawkes Balassi loves Goodison Park. Uh, Devon Eagles I won fifty quid. Send some of that our way, mate. Um, Mark Ross, I've heard of him. Says in Warnock we trust. Alex Keown says Balassi and Dan immense. Ben Fleury says Yannick's first CPFC goal. No, it isn't. <laughs> Your first Premier League goal. There you go. Um, Nicky Sorolot says Yannick deserves that goal. Daniel Painter, Balassi loves Goodison Park. That's the same as one I've already read, isn't it? Uh, Steve Fawkes and Daniel Painter saying the exact same thing. Uh, I'm not going to read out what Mikey says because <laughs> that's a bad forward, forward review. Uh, Arash Negatian says, uh, our spirit won't die. Thank you to everyone who got in touch with their forward reviews. All very positive, understandably. Uh, I think we'll end the show there. Um, so my thanks, obviously, to all of you who have listened, those who have got in contact, and to my co-presenters, Alex, Jell, and Tony, eventually. Can I um, quickly say hello to someone? He just texts me all the time. He knows points, or when he listens all the time to us. And uh, Eddie, appreciate the shout out. Thank you. Can I can I then do that as well and just say thanks to the um, plumber guys at PTS in Wallington? They're <sighs> all Palace fans, and I said I'd mention them if I got on. I'd like to make a shout out for Glenn. Glenn and- Murray. <laughs> I knew you fucking say that. <laughs> Jace is a good friend of mine. He had a good game today. Um, he gave me a text and said, "You know, what, Alex, I had a good game. Give me a shout out." I can't remember who he plays for, but they're a good side and. Um, all the best to Glenn. Unfortunately, you missed a penalty this week, but I'm sure I'll be back better than ever next week. And Vote please do, Alex. guys, 
please do vote for me. I'm not begging you, but <laughs> you I are. would really like your votes. Um, I've re- Alex, I've really I gone off you. To- I really have gone off you. I can be serious <laughs> sometimes, I promise. I'm going to vote for uh, for the young young girl. No, no. Chelsea <laughs> fan. Yeah, no, Boops. Boops. Yeah. Yes. Vote for the Chelsea fan, shall we now? If you're listening, Palace fans. The guy in third place fan. is an Arsenal fan, isn't he? <laughs> you're the only <laughs> Palace fan in the top three. You're gonna that, that, I, can't, I can't be that bad, can I, that I'm actually really <laughs> close behind. I've got people really close behind me that don't even support the club, so... Um, yeah, anyway, just... I was trying to try and desperately to end the show. Um, thank you, everyone. I'm slightly less appreciative of my co-presenters after the end of the show. There, <laughs> but, um, we should be back uh, next Sunday at eight pm, I believe, um, with a different lineup. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. Jason Glenn. Bye. This is the worst start to a show ever, like ever, in the history of our show. It's eighty percent your son crying, and it's it's made me really uh, angry and upset. To the point where, you know, I don't really want to do the show. So I'm to sit in a quiet room for a while, where there isn't a baby crying. Uh, eight, three, one, triple three. Eight, three. Yeah, non bread. <laughs> Chicken. Non bread. <laughs> Chicken tikka. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, with all placing your orders. And your barge, please. That's all I want. I don't want anything else. Just, just so you know, you. just so you know, Joe. If I hear you eating this during the show, <laughs> I am going to sack you. I'm okay. really close to sacking people. All right, I'm really close Good. today. Good. Okay. All right. Colbert beans. I don't want fucking that masala. Joe, there's a mute button, mate. Oh, I did. Hang on One minute to the show, and you're talking, screaming about masala. Well, I really hope that that was going out. I really hope that Mike has clicked early like he often does. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.